Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popcha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Merikira Hemate. What does that mean? Merry Christmas. Thank you. For all our Tareo listeners. Oh Oh, shit. You keep doing that and it goes to the same page every time. (laughs) Richard and I are in the same room. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Um, And yeah, welcome to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cole Popshire podcast where, you know, it's Christmas, so we wanted to do something a bit special. Um... You know, the first year we made something we couldn't release. The second year we made something that had really bad audio and we probably shouldn't have released. Oh, but this hey, one. It was fun. <laughs> this one is great audio and the content's great. But we're not going to release it. No. So nobody's <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> um, so, this episode, what we're doing, if you've never listened to the show before, what we do here is we uh, watch and discuss a randomly selected film franchise but this time they weren't randomly selected and there's more than one franchise we mm. are covering three franchises um this christmas yep. much in the tradition of covering more than one which we've actually done in all and so yeah and i will now. say um i'll say the franchise then you say who we're doing it with sure let's so do we that. did uh first off we've got jingle all the way with craig Sorry, we're doing it with fans. <laughs> yeah, say, oh yeah. Say that as well. We reached out to a bunch of, uh, well, a bunch, three of our fans, um, and we were like, hey, you know, thank you for your continued support. Would you like to um, come on the show with us? Because one of the biggest things we get sent when people send us a message is people saying, hey, if you ever need someone to talk about this, or if you ever need someone to talk about this, have us on. And, and it's not we really like, how we do it, but this, you know, it's Christmas. Yeah, so. we were, yeah and we were like, well... You're stuck with these franchises. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we had Jingle All The Way. With Craig Major from And then Auckland. we had Gremlins. With Eric Peterson from Colorado Springs. And we finished off with uh, Bad Santa. With Brent Taylor from Texas, who long-time fans of the show will remember his name from being the first guy who ever really liked us yeah. <laughs> and got on board and now i know what some of you are out there thinking um i saw, thought you said you were doing three franchises you're mm. doing three two film series they don't count as franchises you're right and yeah. you know because it's christmas we want to give you a gift in the form of taking something away from you and mm-hmm. what we're taking away from you is this will be the last time that on Film Franchise Fortnights, we cover a... It's complicated. This will be the last time we, we cover a two-film franchise that, unless it's... Ra- uh, that, that would be randomly selected. So yeah. we're taking two-film franchises off the franchise roulette. You can still vote for them on our Patreon, patreon.com slash copopsha, if you want us to cover them. And if we have a guest who can only do two or wants to do a two-film franchise, then we'll do it then. But when it's just me and Richard and we're doing franchise roulette, 
there aren't going to be any more two film franchises because one gremlins was the one i was holding out for <laughs> and two they're just not interesting enough to, to talk <laughs> yeah. about they don't feel like they're adding to the conversation yeah around franchises so thank you for sticking with us for three years mm. um when we we slogged through those two film franchises <laughs> um but yeah, no, thank you for your continued support. If you're a long-time fan, if you're a first-time fan, thank you for joining us. Mm. And uh, we hope you enjoy a very special episode of the Cult Popshire podcast, Film yeah. Franchise Fortnite's Christmas Time yeah. Franchise Podcast. All right, thanks, uh, thanks for the throw. Whoever ended up doing it, um, yeah, here we are. It's Christmas. Uh, I, I'm Richard, joined with AJ as and always, and yeah, I'm uh, still here. Yeah, we've got a very special guest um, in the form of Craig Major. Kia ora, fellas. How you doing? You're I'm, good. I'm I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, yeah. No, we're pumped to have you here, man. No, I'm it's, I'm looking forward to this. Thank this you be for good. your listenership. Hey, yes. no, well, thanks thanks for providing, you know, quote-unquote quality content, yeah. um, you know, every, <laughs> hours every week. Hours. Hours. I listen to it in the, yeah. on the bus, on the, you know, in the toilet, all, all over. <laughs> the, two, the two places. The two, yeah, the, the two exclusive mm. places I, I listen. That's, yes. what, that's what we have read about Craig. If he's not on the bus, he's on the toilet. He's, he's on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about the two... Jingle all the way films. But, but um, before, jing- before before we get into that though, just yep. in the spirit of Christmas, um, I've actually got a, a small gift for you, oh, Richard. Yeah? I have, yeah. <laughs> um, AJ, because you're not you're not in the city, uh, we um, you miss out. But um, Richard, this is a little oh, oh, gosh, a little thing from from me to you. Look at that! What a nice gift. What is it? We don't even have video turned on. And <laughs> you can't even do AJ, it- let me let's see if you can. Um, <laughs> oh that's brilliant oh what a good gift well um, you know you're I, you're alienating the listeners just as much as you're alienating me i know um uh <laughs> craig has bought uh me some spaceman sticks uh but he's crossed out the word space and written turbo as in as in turbo man turbo man <laughs> um, yeah so i'm gonna pop one of those in my do you want one Oh yeah, thanks. Have yeah. a have a ciggy. Have a ciggy. And um, if it, it was a I'm cold day tomorrow, I'd, uh, I'd go out <laughs> and exhale. Pop one in my mouth and uh, take a drag. <sighs> Let's crack into it. So Let's we've got, it. of course, Jingle All the Way, which came out in 1996. That was directed by Brian Levant. And now, fans of the podcast and AJ may remember that name. Do you guys remember where we've covered him before? I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh. He directed the first Beethoven movie. Mm. And he also directed the Flintstone movies. Both the of live them. action ones. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, everything comes full circle. And uh, then we had Jingle All the Way 2, which came out quite some time later in uh, 2014. And that was directed by Alex Zam, who's known for hey, the, uh, the Rhode Island Zams. Uh, Inspector Gadget 2, Tooth Fairy 2, and Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. So he's kind of the the go to guy if you want to make a sequel, but you don't want anyone to know that there's a sequel, <laughs> a, a sequel that can change its its title at the last second and not be a sequel anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
Who would like to do the honours discussing and telling me about what these films are about? I'll go first. Go on then. All right. All right. So, AJ, what is Jingle All the Way about? All right. So, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Um, he's a a father who's never there for his son when his son, who plays, played by Jake Lloyd of Anakin Skywalker fame, you know, he gets his, his karate black belt or some some belt and um he's not there and it's christmas time and to make it up to his son for being absent all the time he decides he's gonna get him a turbo man action figure which is what his son wants more than anything unfortunately it is the most popular toy in the world at that time it's based on a character from a tv show and so the movie is him racing over town trying to get a turbo man doll um and there's Sinbad. I like how you, you did the accent, but you haven't explained who plays the main character yet. I said Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but he might not have been. When I said Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, I, <laughs> yeah, I meant to, to also then add he <laughs> plays the the dad that I've been talking about. Oh, okay. Bat- Batman and Robinson, Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Yeah, and he's true. not the uh, and he doesn't yeah. that. Yeah, no. And then you, if you start talking about Batman, I would assume that he's playing Batman. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Or Robin. Um, So (laughs) the movie culminates at like a Santa parade where um, Arnie, whose character's name is Howard, um, winds up in a Turbo Man costume playing Turbo Man on the Turbo Man float. Um, And he, I don't, does he actually give, give his son the toy in the end or is the fact that he was Turbo Man for about 35 minutes good enough for for the kids so I, I believe what happens is that he gives his son the turbo man doll and then sinbad who's also been in this film um is being arrested for like you know trying to murder this child <laughs> and then he's like actually you know what my dad's turbo man you can have the doll and everybody wins and then Sinbad yeah, presumably goes to jail for like because <laughs> yeah, the cops are like oh you know what H- have the bomb and the attempted child murder, they're all fine because he has his doll now. It's Christmas. Yeah, and he can, he can please his son, you know. <laughs> uh, and then, so, Craig, what was Jingle All The Way 2 about? Oh, Jingle All The Way 2. Um, it's it's essentially the exact same concept, um, but instead of, you know, a large off- Austrian um, beefcake in the main role, we've got, um, um, you know, the... Like the cheesecake. The yeah the, the the southern cheesecake if you will of uh, in the guise of um, the the acting powerhouse uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Um, now I got to say I haven't seen um, many of um, Mister the Cable Guy's uh, film <laughs> filmography, but um, this is uh, it's not good, man. It's essentially he is he plays a character who is um, has joint custody of his eight or seven year old daughter because it changes Um, it changes throughout the throughout the film Um, he has custody joint custody of his daughter Um, his ex-wife has just remarried to um, you know some millionaire um, stick in stick up his ass dude (laughs) who runs a box factory I think yeah Um, yeah and essentially they're all they're vying for the the same toy, which is a called a Harrison bear, which is basically a teddy bear that speaks and can learn a child's name. Um, and it, it's it's essentially just the same series of you know zany escapades as Larry the Cable Guy traverses all over town trying to 
source one of these beers through varying strange <laughs> methods, mm. including impersonating a homeless guy and accosting Santa for one. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an with hilarious results. Oh, I, well, yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> so, uh, what's a what's a more ridiculous last name, Schwarzenegger or the Cable Guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Do, does Larry the Cable Guy have a? Is there a Patrick the Cable Guy, his son? I like to think that when he was growing up, like his, whenever he got in trouble, he, his mum would be like, Lawrence, Lawrence, the cable guy, you stop that immediately. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so what would you guys guess that these films have on or on tomatoes? Pretty low. Yeah, I'd say fairly yeah, you're low. in the right realm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say the first one, I mean, I'd say the first one's probably well, absolutely higher than the, than the second one. But, I mean, even the first one's not good. I mean... It's one of those classics that's remembered as a classic, but you watch it. I defy anyone who loved it as a kid to watch it as yeah, an adult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. I was just saying to Richard, I'm, I'm a fair bit older than you guys, and I was about well, maybe 13 when this came out, and I was kind of too cool for, for kids' movies, mm. so I never saw it until this weekend. So do you remember when it came out? I remember it coming out, um, and I... Yeah, I mean, as I said, I was too I was too cool for for kids' movies at that point, <laughs> um, and still am, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've got so to answer your question in a roundabout way, I would say <laughs> maybe like twenty, twenty three. Oh yeah, AJ, do you want to throw an actual number out there for which the first the one? First one, yeah. Um, I'll go thirty percent. Oh, it's actually sixteen percent. Oh, that's oh. valid. Yeah. Um, and then the second film doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> also, um, not surprising. But the second film is one of many, many films distributed by. And did you guys, you guys would have noticed this? But WWE I, Studios. I did notice this, and I wondered about <laughs> that, and I was wondering if um, if old Lawrence had a. Any kind of connection to the to professional well, wrestling? Or- so the the Sinbad equivalent character, who's not at all really even the um, like his best friend is um, Santino Morella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So WWE Studios is like uh, looking at their filmography. It's all these weird films that they kind of shoehorn wrestlers into. So there's like several Scooby Doo meets John Cena. And solves the mystery of WrestleMania type movies. <laughs> awesome. There's there's um Surf's Up Two, yeah. I believe, is the other yeah. big big really? WWE movie that came out similar time. Well, they, they okay. really came out like last year, I think. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty recent. The, but the, the cult classic Surf's Up. My finger isn't on the pulse of WWE belated sequel releases. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd say I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised to be honest. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, talking about... So, we had Santino and Barella playing the quote-unquote Sinbad role in the second one. But, so, Sinbad, the comedian. If you don't know who we're talking about, he played a genie in um, Kazam. Shazam. 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 Um, Shaquille O'Neal was the genie in Kazam. That's right, yeah. I always get this too mixed up. Um, Yeah, I was was hoping this would come up. (laughs) 
So yeah, check out that film can if I, you're looking for a good time. Can I, can I just say, um, I wasn't expecting this, but watching watching the first film, which stars future Twin Peaks star um, Jim Belushi, who surprised me by not being the most annoying part of the <laughs> of the film. I gotta yeah. say, Sinbad was he lived up to the second half of his name. Like it was. It was not good and to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a sin. It was, how it was bad a sin. Was. How bad he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, originally they had Joe Pesci in that role. Um, See, that would have been hold great. On, who is that? Would have who is Jim Belushi playing in the first? He's one? the Santa. He was the, the corrupt Santa. Oh, of course, that, you know, yeah. tried yeah. to get the knockoff uh, Turbo Man from the warehouse. Yeah. And uh, one of the non-corrupt Santas, uh, well, he is corrupt, is Vern Troyer, who you guys might recognise. Oh, my God. It was. From um, our previous franchise, which makes us the second franchise in a row to feature Vern Troyer. And also, because um, the first one also stars the late, great Phil Hartman, this is our second franchise in a row to feature an actor who is either a perpetrator or victim of murder. Very sad. Very good. Can I just can I just say something quickly about Vern Troyer? Um, I didn't recognise him at the time, but the the part where I can't remember exactly what happens, but basically the part where he gets like violently thrown across the room <laughs> through the air yeah. gave me the single laugh that I got from that film. It was just that it was a, a brilliant bit of bit of slapstick. Um, I'm glad something did. Yeah, well, I mean, and that, was, that happens a lot in Austin Powers as well. So yeah, yeah I don't know. It was, it was just something inherently funny about a. Um, you know, a small man in a, in a Santa suit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, Danny Woodburn's made his career doing that. Because <laughs> um, he's in this film as well. And he was also in uh, the ABC, yeah, yeah, Bud Cinematic Universe as an yeah. as well. Yeah, it's all, it's all coming together. Um, so, yeah, originally they had Joe Pesci, but he was deemed too short next to Arnold Schwarzenegger. So they gave it to Sinbad because they're similar kind of height and build. Um, but originally Sinbad, they thought, oh, he can't play a villain because his... Um, comedy is so family friendly and they don't want to taint taint that image um but sinbad was like nah people love me so much that even though i'm playing a villain the role is going to elicit heaps of sympathy did you guys feel sympathetic for his character at all i i can see that they were that's what they were gunning for um i feel like yeah they were that's what they were trying to sort of elicit from the audience i was just uh, i just was kind of wasn't feeling it from the movie all in general i might cut this out but it's kind of a funny thing. Um, so you know the you know Nani memes where someone will be like Nani Urushuprun, and then all the like the like blasted audio plays, like people do with like the X Files theme tune whenever something scary oh, happens. Yeah, right. That's what you guys sounded like for about ten seconds there. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, it's happening! It's happening right now. It's happening as we speak. All I'm hearing is. <laughs> Okay. Is it something I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for me, I didn't really feel that sympathetic towards Sinbad. Um. <laughs> all I heard was, I don't feel that sympathetic towards Sinbad. Well, that's all I said, so. Um. <laughs> that's all, all it needs to be. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, he's a massive dickhead in this film. He, yeah. Well, he does, like, to his credit and you know air quotes um he does try and extend the olive branch to arnold early in the film instead of saying you know we could we could pair up and we can we can yeah. try and source these things together and then but he's got ulterior motives yeah i guess yeah 
yeah, yeah. That's, that's accurate just just disregard that <laughs> it's also <laughs> funny um being like unfamiliar with sinbad's shtick like I, yeah. even, even after watching the film i don't know what it is but there's a moment in the film where he's like talking about like the commercialization of christmas and it's like i can tell this is a classic sinbad rant but i don't know what about it makes it classic yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially in a film totally. which is inherently about buying shit at christmas time and that's your only sort of yeah m- measure of value yeah it's his what's the deal but it's, yeah. it's so unidentifiable yeah. it's just some guy yeah. talking yeah. and like you know that people are like Sinbad fans are like that scene man preach, classic preach. Sinbad testify but yeah I didn't know Sinbad was a family friendly comedian that yeah, changed my perception I was really no, that, surprised that, that is, only that known from this and Always Sunny when he's um, has a little cameo on that have you not seen Shazam no I haven't actually I've been trying to get a copy of it for years Oh, I swear I used to have one on VHS um, yeah. you know, back in 98 or whatever. Hey, do you know who else is in this movie that's been in other franchises? Who's there? I can, I can, we can never remember his name, and Craig, I'm hope, hoping you'll be able to remember his name. But fucking oh, God, Booger, okay. Booger from Revenge of the Nerds plays Booster. Oh, um, Curtis something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Curtis, Curtis Armstrong. Armstrong? Yeah. Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, who is he, he in this movie? He plays Booster, the, the pink... Be, the pink sidekick to Turbo. Oh my yeah. god! He plays the, the annoying angry one at the tiger end who's thing. Like, Get in your suit. Yeah. It's me, Booger. <laughs> Booger, like Curtis. Curtis Armstrong is the MVP of film franchise Fortnite. That that dude <laughs> has been dragged through the shit, man. <laughs> well, him and Clint Howard as well. Yeah, Clint and was Richard Real. We forgot to mention. Yeah, <laughs> and they all look like they would fit in the same Venn diagram somehow. I'm not sure which one's the middle. That's the combination of all of them. But <laughs> they all look like they're cut has, from the same cloth. Has, has Curtis Armstrong written a book? I feel like he should have written a book. I'll look it up. Like you know about you know my life is my life is a, a B grade shitty films <laughs> nerd or whatever. Curtis yeah. Armstrong so, uh, autobiography. Let's check this out. This will be a good Christmas present. Oh, no way. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He hasn't <laughs> written one at all. Uh, well, we should write one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got some time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's, uh, we'll quickly dive into some uh, behind the scenes trivia and then we can move on to continue the franchise because we are mm-hmm. very strict for time here. Um, so couple of interesting facts one is that uh the turbo man <laughs> doll uh was based off of uh producer christopher columbus chris columbus's attempts to get a buzz lightyear doll the previous christmas mm. um and they were you know right. hard to get and um people accused the film of being made just to sell a toy however they actually only they, the film was made in about six months and so there was barely any time for merchandising. Normally you'd have about a year to do merchandise. Mm-hmm. So the only tie-in was a $25 rep- Turbo Man replica, and they only made about 200,000 of them. Um, really? I, ha- I I couldn't find if a Harrison Bear exists. It doesn't look like it does. But yeah, it's the first one. So there's they're a collector's item now. Yeah. Yeah. They're, any idea what they're worth now? Uh, I had a look. So there's like some in their original box that are like perfect condition. There was one that was like 1700 bucks. Um, but you can get them for like hundred. Oh, sweet! Yeah. So I know what I'm getting AJ for Christmas. <laughs> don't tell Arnie. I get a double man doll. And um, possibly the most interesting thing about this film um, is that in 1998, 
bit of a bit of a story coming, lads. Mm-hmm. So just strap in. Oh, I'm ready. In 1998, Murray Hill Publishing sued 20th Century Fox for $150,000, claiming that the idea for the film was stolen from a screenplay they had purchased from high school teacher Brian Webster, entitled "Could This Be Christmas." They had said the script had 36 similarities with Jingle All the Way, including the Mm. plot, dialogue, and character names. Murray Hill President Bob Laurel bought the script from Webster in 1993 and sent it to Fox and other studios in 1994, but received no response. And claimed the idea was copied by Cornfield, who was uh, Fox's script reader. So in 2001, Fox were found guilty of stealing the idea and were ordered to pay 19 million dollars 15 million in damages and 4 million in legal costs to murray hill with webster to receive a portion that's huge that's insane yeah however Uh laurel died a few months after the verdict before receiving any of the money on appeal the damages figure was lowered to 1.5 million before the verdict itself was overthrown and quashed in 2004 after a judge decided the idea was not stolen as Fox had bought Cornfield's screenplay before he or anyone else at Fox could have read Could This Be Christmas? Wow. Wow. So it was almost really interesting. (laughs) Just to clarify, did they... They they originally sued for one hundred and fifty thousand. That's what it says, but it, seems there low. is a comma at the end of the f- hundred fifty thousand. So maybe right, it was supposed to be one hundred fifty million. Yeah, but then everywhere else the article just uses like like nineteen million says like number nineteen, 19 and million. The oh yeah. Whereas that's written out long form. So huh. maybe someone can fact check that and get back to us. Neither of you right now. We've have, we've have stuff to do. <laughs> um, for the record, so, all I'll say about titles for this segment as jingle all the way you guys don't often talk about titles though right well yeah we do talk about titles a lot a little bit um (laughs) the jingle all the way is not only better than could this be christmas but i actually love it as a christmas movie title i think it it puts across the message that hey this is a christmas movie i don't really have anything to do with the story but other than like the chaotic The chaos of it all, I guess. You're jingling all the way. Could be potentially yeah. construed that jingling way. Jingling all the way to the bank. Mm, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it is a good Christmas movie title. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And like like titles that are already phrases or expressions yeah. are great. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we often use um, IMDb trivia for a source of comedy. <laughs> However, I've I've looked at a different um, part of IMDb today. So I don't know if you guys have ever used the IMDb um, goofs section, <laughs> but it's a bloody um, laugh it's and a, a half. It's a treasure trove. So on the first film, we've got a couple of factual errors. So um, at Jamie's karate class, this is the kid. Uh, he does not kick properly. His fists are not balled up properly and he is never well positioned. So he would realistically not move up a rank. <laughs> I just imagine like the dude that's sitting there writing this and like, you know, his, his white robes with his belt tied around. He's like watching it and go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's watching it with his wife and he's like, honey, <laughs> honey. honey, look at this. <laughs> mm. He he F- can fetch my katana. <laughs> he's critiquing karate, yet 
is also simultaneously nowhere near fit enough to perform karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's also, um, as Howard is leaving his house to find the Turbo Man doll for Jamie, Ted advises him to put chains on his tires. Tire chains are illegal in Minnesota. <gasps> Ooh, is this film set in Minnesota? Gun. Yeah. I thought it was so like it New is- York. <laughs> I was wondering about where it was set. Like I couldn't, I couldn't place it. Minnesota seems like a weird place actually this is the best goof i i i goofed and i looked and i looked past this one but it's the best one we're gonna hear so actually i'll come back to i'll give you the ones for jingle all the way too i'll right. come back to this because it's brilliant okay um so as craig very well spotted larry gives the age of noel his daughter three different times during the movie the first time is seven years old the second time is eight years old and the third time is seven years old <laughs> so is he a bad dad, or is or is she bloody a time traveling secret agent? Wow, oh, it's it's obviously time travel. Yeah, Alex yeah. Zam, you got a bloody answer for this, mate. Yeah, come on, Zam. And also, <laughs> apparently, Larry or Daniel Whitley, as his birth name is, uh, mistakenly drops his Larry the cable cable guy accent three times in the film. It doesn't detail when, but keep an eye out for that when you're next watching it. It oh. is it is strange, isn't it, to be an actor. What, what are some other examples of this? Actors where they are a character playing a character. And so, like G- Gilbert Gottfried, apparently, that's not his real voice. Yeah, it's um, not. And Fran Drescher, that's not her real voice. No. But mm. it's like a requirement for literally every character they play that they play a character playing a character. Yeah, that is very strange. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Tom Cruise has to pretend to be human. does <laughs> a very good job. Well, most of his films. Because um, yeah. the the other thing I noticed is I don't know if you got how familiar you guys are with Larry the Cable Guy, but I the one of the things I do know about him is that his catchphrase is "Get her done, get her yeah. done," and at at one point in Jingle All the Way too, um, he's having a dream sequence where Harrison the Talking Bear is replaced with a Larry the Talking Bear, and they squeeze it and it goes "Get her done," and I was like, that's not within the film. That's a yeah. Reference to Larry the Cable Guy's on like real life persona. Yeah, it's something for the fans. Yeah, yeah, the um, fans who are watching Jingle I, All the Way too. Yeah, <laughs> I, there's I, also um, his other catchphrase, which he may or may not have uttered in the film, but he goes, um, "Now nah, I don't care who you are, but that that right there is funny. That's funny. That's funny right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's not something not something we could say about the film, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting hearing Daniel Whitley talk because yeah. he's like, he's just like, yeah, I just dumb fucking exit and dumb hicks. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> he should run for president. Oh, Boy, oops, what? <laughs> before you get to the, the, are we at the treasured goof now? or are Yeah. There? So before we get yeah. that, I, I did want to mention this just so that my, com- the complete summation of my suffering can be put across. This is the second time I've seen Jingle all the way too. <laughs> how the I, hell did you watch it the i first watched time? it i watched so back at the start of like 2016 um when i was like reviving cult pop and it had been dormant for like a year not doing anything i started doing um some vlogs and you up uh, some blogs sorry and you can't find these anymore I, I don't think i deleted them but i put them offline um and one of the things i thought would be good to do would be for a christmas blog to be a review of jingle all the way too so i watched it I've watched it twice for Cult Popsha. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's dedicated. Yeah, and no one's going to listen to either. No, yeah, exactly. 
or read, or read consume. consume. Can I just consume. can I just say one thing about Jingle All the Way too? And this made me hate it even more. Is there's a scene where Lawrence, the cable guy, was um, <laughs> is playing with his daughter, and he says this thing where he's like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? It's the tickle monster!" And he starts tickling her. Hmm. I thought that too. Now I've got I've got young children, and I do that exact thing. <laughs> I, I physically, I will do, hey, what's that? What's that sound? Oh, it's the tickle monster. And I start tickling them. And I was like watching it and going, nah, fuck you, man. That's my thing. Like, <laughs> what? That's not I where just, I thought uh, you were going with that. I thought, yeah, you, I thought you were like, oh my God, I, I have to get her done now. I have to sign my daughter over to this movie where Larry the Cable, sorry, Lawrence the Carble Gentleman is going <laughs> to, <laughs> is, is going to, uh, to touch her <laughs> in one of one of the most inappropriate ways someone who's not your parents can touch you as a kid well not you know i'm sure there's a sliding scale but also, also what is with you know i i don't understand how what either his ex-wife or the woman the the preachy woman who gives him money when he's dressed like a homeless man saw in him <laughs> at any point <laughs> like i mean he must have been like good looking in high school or something he's I good with cables yeah. dude he, he lays cables. <laughs> if you know what I mean, I'm winking. <laughs> All right. Who's ready for the creme de la creme of goofs? I'm ready. So zero of 10 found this interesting. <laughs> so during the beginning of the movie, Howard misses his Jamie's karate class <laughs> and promises to buy him the Turbo Man doll for Christmas. However... When talking with his wife, she mentions the toy that he forgot to buy for Christmas. So it turns out he forgot to buy the toy for Jamie after promising him that he'll buy the toy. Holy shit. Well, I don't know how they missed that. You can bump that up to one person for that interesting now. I mean, I mean, they think that the plot of the film is a goof. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you did you sit through the through the through the credits for the for the first film that is great segue uh because there is a little sequel tease and speaking of sequels let's continue the franchise are we gonna so, say what the the post credit scene is i'm fucking about to okay. aj God, well, it's it's storytelling i'm t- no you're right crafting a narrative here yeah dude come uh, on i need to trust <laughs> you dingus um <laughs> it's christmas so the post credit scene in the first film um, is basically his um, Howard there with his wife, the whole happy family. And she goes, wow, like it's amazing to see what you did for Jamie just to get him a toy. Like you'd go through all this stuff. So um, what did you get me? And then he like turns to the camera and the camera very dramatically zooms in. He goes, crash. Mm. (laughs) It's one, it's one of the fastest crash zooms I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It was was breakneck speed. (laughs) A cameraman actually died filming that because he was moving so fast. (laughs) That was actually, um, films dedicated to the the camera. (laughs) One of the, uh, one of those, like, you know, a sequel tease, but interestingly found out for some reason, the extra scene after the credits was omitted from the New Zealand VHS release. What? Yeah. New like, Zealanders like don't in- find being a bad husband funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but we find being a bad dad funny because everyone's like, boy, the funniest movie of the year. And they took it to the US and it was like, this is real depressing. I watched it. I was like, this is just fucking sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, it's not like it was 
not in certain regions. It just wasn't in New Zealand for some reason. I mean, I don't know where that is? Yeah, the one, the probably the biggest movie about um, being a, a bad husband we have is Once Were Warriors. So that's probably <laughs> oh, what we God. associate being a bad husband with. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, what did you get me? And it's like, fuck, he's gonna, he's gonna hit it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that leads nicely to my continue the franchise because I decided to do a classic continue the franchise um, where, so it's, it's filmed twenty two years later, but it <laughs> picks up immediately after that scene. I love it. Um, awesome. So you've got. Uh, mugshot Jake Lloyd um, <laughs> cuddling his Turbo Man doll. You've got like weird leathery Arnie um, <laughs> screaming at the camera. And um, I don't know who plays the wife actually. But uh, and then you've got well over the hill Sinbad um, is, you know, just in being a, taken in into custody. Outfit. Does so, um, Phil Hartman make an appearance in this sequel? <laughs> oh, he does it too terribly. soon, man. Uh, too soon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's like, and like they did with the recent development season five, how it's like <laughs> the next scene and then it's just like, everyone's so much older. Um, but yeah, I'd love to just like, and then it's, it's still Arnie trying to be like classic fun Arnie and Jake Lloyd being like a little kid, even though he's a, a very, very bitter man now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys have seen interviews with Jake Lloyd or anything, but it is depressing. He's um, like, why does no one ever ask me about Jingle All the Way? <laughs> like, but yeah, there's there's an interview with him, and look look this up. That he um he's at like a Comic Con and he keeps on he's talking like this and he gets really sassy and they go, Oh, like, um, have you kept much stuff from uh Phantom Menace? And he's like, uh, no, actually. And he's like, um they're like, Oh, you haven't you you kind of retired. You've, you've stepped away from the spotlight. He's like, no, I just haven't done any acting because I don't like cameras. And he like glances at the camera. It's real weird, and it makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but um, he's also he's since been arrested. Um, I think it, like I don't think he's in prison, but he he did, he had like a DUI or something. And uh, he really is growing into back. Darth Vader. Get him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get yeah. him back. Uh, yeah, play like a his- little. Ah, uh, look, it's me. Little, I'm a little kid, and I'm real annoying. And Turbo uh, Man, I'm, I'm a yellow belt now. Oh, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> uh, and then you just get another hilarious um, Arnie and Sinbad movie where they, you know, go I mean, maybe the Sinbad, Sinbad's neglected his wife. Also, I don't know. Yes, what did yeah. Sinbad give his wife? Well, Sinbad's yeah. on his way to prison. So not. We never see Christmas. Sinbad's kid in it. He could be lying. What if he doesn't even have a kid? What if it's like... Oh, my God. That's what awesome. What if it's like... Yeah, like, you know, or his kid died tragically or something. And That'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh a minute romp right there. <laughs> all right. So that's mine. And it's called Jingle All The Way To. Point oh. The jingle. Oh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, it's called Oh What Fun It Is To Ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mum, the mamma mia, here we go again. It's the style of titling. Jiggle all the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what fun it is to ride. <laughs> so yeah. who would like to go next? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to bring it into the, the contemporary uh, setting. So this is Jingle All The Way 3. Um, and I think from the degrading quality of the stars, um, God, I don't even know who you'd get for this. Maybe, like... <laughs> oh, shit, I don't know. Um, 
drawing a blank here. Maybe Gabriel like, Iglesias. No, no. Uh, we get the dude who played Screech in um, oh, Saved Dustin by the Diamond? Dustin Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> so Dustin Diamond is, um, you know, the the dad, and because it's contemporary um, and. Well, a few things have changed, you know, that you don't really go to shops or well, people, te- you know, often don't go to shops anymore to buy stuff. Yeah. It's all done online. But I was thinking of sort of expanding that a little bit and making making it a sort of basically the, the hottest craze at the moment is some kind of Pokemon Go-esque game. Yeah. Which obviously doesn't infringe on that IP. <laughs> but um, basically people are racing around the city trying to capture this rare thing in this augmented reality game and the dad is trying to catch something or, you know, be at a certain place so that he can acquire this, you know, in-game treasure or something like that for his kid. And it's the only thing that's going to make this kid happy. And there's only, you know, it only comes out at midnight or I don't know, something like that. But yeah, it's, it's ultra rare. It'd be like capturing a Mew 2 or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, very contemporary. Very like contemporary. It. And it would age terribly. <laughs> mm. It kind of already has. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, AJ, the second that you've said it, it's aged terribly. Um, well, I, I came up with, a, with one idea and then I realized it was exactly the plot of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, so, okay. But I'm instead of masks that, that control you, it's like a toy that controls every child who buys it. Um, and it was a big conspiracy, nice. uh, but no. The idea I've got now is um, we. It's it starts when Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first film when he's got the jetpack on as his, as his tur- turbo man. The famous shot from the film where he like flies up into the air and then it shuts off and he falls like one thousand feet back to the ground because <laughs> <laughs> that's how far he goes up. Um, but we don't see this in the film. But we learn from the second one that I've that I'm pitching now that um, he actually saw something when he was up that high uh, and he saw that uh, the earth was flat um, because there was no curvature <laughs> from that high. And so he, um, he decides he's going to, he's, he goes on a tirade to prove that the earth is flat and he goes on an expedition to prove it one Christmas. Sure. It's at Christmas. Um, and they, uh, managed to pee they find the like the the ice wall and he's like oh my gosh the earth is flat so so what's underneath it and they look underneath it um and it's just the earth is a disc that's rested upon a giant set of bells uh, and the film's called jingle all the way down <laughs> oh, lord i love it Man. very clever <laughs> very clever all right um <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like it's just—it's a good one, AJ. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank, okay. thank you very much. I got, I've, got, I've got no comment. Half <laughs> improvised. But, um, what I will say is, thank you very much for joining us, Craig. Mm. Hey, no, thanks and, for uh, having me, guys. Since we don't need to sign off because we continue right on to the next bloody one, take it away, AJ. Here I go. All right. Uh, welcome, welcome back from uh, the same episode because this is the middle segment, um, and we're here with Eric Peterson. Hey, Eric. How you doing? How's it going over there in Colorado? Yep, you got it. Yeah, Colorado mm. Springs. 
Awesome. Is mm-hmm. it? What's the? It'd be snowy, right? Um, you'd think so, and you'd wish so, but no, there's no snow mm-hmm. here right now. It's just cold. It's it's summer here, and I'm looking outside at a a grey overcast day. So <laughs> I will say, you know, no I, one's getting the the Christmas weather they want. I will say, I enjoy having it cold for Christmas once again. So that's nice. Right, nice. Because yeah. yeah. you used to live in New Zealand for a bit. Yeah, yeah, three years. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. How are you going, Richard? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just just doing my own thing over here. All right. Okay. Well, just just call on. Just let me know if you need me. All right. I'll okay. chime in. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the two Gremlins films for the next thirty to forty minutes. Um, these consist of the films Gremlins in 1984, directed by Joe Dante, and Gremlins Two: The New Batch in 1990 also directed by joe dante um joe dante has directed a few other films which all have a distinct was this made by the guy who made gremlins vibe about them <laughs> like it makes sense when you've so the other films i wrote down that i was like oh yeah that's totally the guy who made gremlins is uh inner space the burbs small soldiers and looney tunes back in action meaning gremlins 2 is dante's first of two films to feature looney tunes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was real weird. I really eh? wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rotten Tomatoes, what is the first and second film, the only two films in the Gremlin series? What do you guys reckon they have on Rotten Tomatoes? I reckon first one will be like just below 90. Mm hmm. Uh, any, any guesses, Eric? Uh, uh, 85. Oh, very close. It's 84. Oh, you wow. guys can split the difference and have that little <laughs> victory together. Yeah. <laughs> and the second film. The new batch. What does that have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, mid seventies. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be lower than that, man. They even poked fun at how terrible it was. It's got to be like fifty, (laughs) fifty nine, sixty (laughs) nine. Of course. All right. Um, Yeah, we'll get into this a bit more later, but. Gremlins 2 would be a film that I would have no idea of its rating before I look. (laughs) (laughs) AJ, Mm. can I just point out, so Joe Dante also directed um, a segment of the Twilight Zone movie, which features the Tasmanian devil in it. (laughs) How did you find that out? That's some quick off-the-cuff research. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this guy basically directed two films that didn't need to have Looney Tunes in it, but he put Looney Tunes in it, and then they're like, all right, you can do the Looney Tunes movie. And he's like, finally. Um, So, Eric, what is Gremlins 1 about? Can you tell me a quick plot summary of Gremlins 1? Jeez, don't give me Gremlins 2. (laughs) He's our guest. I'm giving him the easy one. Jeez. All right. Well, Gremlins 1 is... Okay, so basically it's about this inventor who needs to buy a gift for his son, so he goes, where else? Chinatown from Blade Runner. (laughs) And he goes deep into the heart of it and finds this old you know big trouble in little china looking guy and he's like hey what's what do you got and he like looks around the shop and he's like okay i've got this gadget and he's like all right not impressed and then he finds this little animal looking thing and he's like how much for it 200 bucks and he doesn't sell it to him and this kid is like i want the 200 dollars because i'm a child so he Uh sells him the little 
I forgot what it's called. A mogwai. A mogwai, yes. <laughs> Takes it home. He's given three rules, which I'm surprised he remembered. Because um, <laughs> he did not seem like he cared whatsoever. No. <laughs> Tells his kid, these are the rules. These are the only things you need to remember. And, of course, he follows the rules, but... The stupid neighbor kid doesn't follow the rules. He knocks over some stuff onto the mogwai. So what are, what are the rules? Oh, the rules. Okay. So don't bring <laughs> it out into sunlight. Just just don't give it any sunlight. It'll kill them. That was one of those. Yeah. It was like, period. It will kill them. Um, yeah. Do not uh, spill any water on it. Uh, and mm-hmm. most importantly, do not feed it after midnight. Um, After midnight, which every time is. Yes. Make sure your (laughs) alarm clock is working. Um, So, yeah, those are the three rules. Obviously, almost all of them are broken. Actually, all Mm -hmm. of them are broken. (laughs) Chaos Mm -hmm. ensues. The little furballs that are basically Furbies uh, turn into your living nightmares, and they need to die in the most horrific ways possible. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's Christmas time. It's the first one set at Christmas. The second one wasn't, which I didn't know. But whatever. <laughs> a surprising um, amount of Christmas in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, just just to, to reiterate, um, yeah, the the dad brings home a pet for his son. The pet is called a Mogwai, well, and his name is Gizmo, and he's a cute little Furby thing. He gets wet and multiplies. The multiplied uh, Mogwais eat after midnight and turn into green little demons called gremlins. <laughs> Um, and the characters have to kill them all. Yeah, to save Christmas. <laughs> all right, so pretty. It's, the Gremlins feels a bit like um, it was destined to be a classic, and it somewhat is considered to be a classic, but it also somewhat feels like it. It's the classic you, you never saw. <laughs> almost, yeah. you know, yeah. like it just just fell short of the esteem that it maybe deserved, maybe didn't deserve, depending on how much. Well, I'd never it. seen this movie at all. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Neither had I. No. Okay, I'd seen it a, a long time ago, but yeah, um, yeah. Well, there you go. You know, you knew of it, but you'd never seen it. That's mm-hmm. exactly yeah. It was the one of those movie it is. cool experiences, like watching a film like this, where I've seen it referenced in pop culture so much to finally see where mm. it comes from. And it was like, like you said, it's like destined to become a classic. And it, I was like immediately like, yeah, this is. I get it. <laughs> this is why it's <laughs> yeah. you know so revered because and like, even just as soon as you're introduced to Gizmo, the the Mogwai, you're like, this is adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like of course adorable. everyone loves this film. Yeah, because it was produced by Spielberg, and I feel like Joe Dante is one of those directors who falls into the same category as Robert Zemeckis and Ron Howard as like a not Spielberg but pretty good. And feels like Spielberg in mm. a way, you know. And it was um, written by Chris right. Columbus as well. That's true, yeah. And, and I'd probably put him in that category. I was as well. stunned when it said that Spielberg was in this. I had no idea. Mm. Yeah. Well, he produced it, so oh, the yeah, executive yeah. produced it. Right. I looked it up, and he, he like bought the script, and that's about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, Richard. What is Gremlins Two: The New Batch about? Uh. So. Good luck. Uh, when you get a Mogwai wet at. Um, you know, reproduces kind of thing. And uh, Gizmo's back and he uh, He's back. gets wet. And then a bunch of Mogwai turn into the evil Mogwai and uh, just have a, a gay old time. Did, have you seen the film, Richard? <laughs> it sounds like you haven't seen the film, but you're, you're desperately trying to, to save face. Well, like... 
don't know. The like the, this one's kind of just like the plot happens just to get to like having the kind of evil versions of the Mogwai all going crazy and singing yeah. New York, New York, and one of them speaks English now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, uh, yeah, like, the, the, uh, yeah it, it seems like there's just, it's just like, oh yeah, whatever, Christopher <coughs> Lee's in it, and uh, get them just get them to the big Mogwai party, because yeah. that's like more than half the film. Yeah, so the only other thing I guess that would be notable about this film is that it's set in a high-rise New York building. Mm. Um so it's not a it's not a spread out over a town it's it's contained to one building and billy who's the main character in the first film um works at this building now and and feels responsible and the characters have to destroy all the genetically engineered gremlins and normal gremlins uh there's a lot more to it than that uh and we'll get to that but just before we do let's let's focus on the first film a bit more because which was your fate which out of the two both of you what was your favorite of the two uh, definitely the first one, but the second one probably had more like specific moments I could point to that I yeah. quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I would yeah. I would have to sure. say the same thing. Yeah, it was it like the first one it was clearly the best, but I wrote so much about the second movie. It was oh good, unbelievable. <laughs> good, good. All right, well we'll get to the second movie in just a sec, and I'll race through the stuff about the first movie because. I feel like the second movie is where all the content is. Um, so Gremlins <laughs> oh, was released. I should have watched is, it then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is nuts, guys. Gremlins was released the same week as Ghostbusters. No. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. Because they are both credited as being some of the first of what we'd now call horror comedies. Um, they're, pretty, they're both pretty family-friendly horror comedies, but, um, <laughs> you know, you can understand how they they kind of started that. They're both very similar films. Um, and I, what I like about that is that I, I regard Gremlins as a real good horror movie to be the first horror movie you show your kids mm. because yeah. I remember seeing this movie. I remember my parents showed me it when I was six or seven as a way to like dip my toes into like what, you know, scary movies. And it's, I don't think I was that scared by it, but it is a great edgy, scary-ish kind of film that yeah. it's not going to give you nightmares, but you feel grown up watching. Yeah. Um, for similar reasons to this, Gremlins, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, are the two films which essentially generated the PG-13 rating. Did you guys know this? Oh, wow. No, didn't. So both films were PG and were criticized for being too scary. So Spielberg pulled some strings at the MPAA and PG-13 was born. Wow. Yes. Go yeah. Spielberg. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and because we're trying to keep this short, that's literally everything I've written about Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a, did like, cause you mentioned um, Indiana Jones. So there was there was a small period of time in the 80s, well, in 84, where you could go to the movies and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, um, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and the Karate Kid were all playing. Nuts, dude. Because <laughs> they all came out within like a couple of weeks of each other. That's go. a good lineup. And yeah, if you've if you've never seen Gremlins, that's how it fits into the cinematic history historical landscape. Is yeah. that it's a film that is notable for being out at the same time as those. Yeah, <laughs> those and then we also films. like a few weeks after that, you had like Last Starfighter, Never Ending Story, Revenge of the Nerds, mm-hmm. Man, Purple Rain, <laughs> Purple Rain, there you go, <laughs> Purple Rain, a classic. <clears throat> um. Yeah, so it's funny because Gremlins was um, 
I don't know if we've mentioned this in this episode already, but we're going to be discontinuing randomly chosen two film franchises t- from our list. So, oh, you, yeah, we, you we haven't could, mentioned that. Yeah, you can. Well, we can put it at the top of the episode if you okay. like. Um, th- so we we're gonna be. We'll still do still do them if they get voted on on Patreon or if a guest only has time for two or whatever. But we're going to take them off franchise roulette because they're a bit too easy and a bit too hard to talk about a whole episode. And well, they often can be. Um, but Gremlins was probably the reason I held back on wanting to delete two film franchises for so long because I just really wanted to do Gremlins. <laughs> and there is plenty to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but before we move on to Gremlins 2, let's have some randomly placed Eustace trivia. Um, so Gremlins is our second franchise to either be Gremlins or heavily inspired by Gremlins. <laughs> uh, the other being Critters. Um, Gremlins is our second Corey Feldman franchise after Friday the 13th. Nice. Our second Jonathan Banks franchise after Crocodile Dundee. And our second Judge Reinhold franchise after Beethoven, which also makes this our second franchise in which Judge Reinhold expresses dissatisfaction for a dog. <laughs> There's also, because um, you sent me that, and I was like, oh, I want to find someone else who's like, it's our second one. It's mm-hmm. actually. Our third um, Robert Picardo um, franchise. Yep. So uh, you didn't do your research. I didn't. (laughs) Because he's in the second one. He plays Forster. um, And he was also in Revenge of the Nerds 4 and Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. Yeah, I looked him up. I was like, where the hell have I seen this guy before? And I don't. So I did the research as well. I just didn't write it down. So what's worse, you know? Um, Because I recognized him in his like prominent butt chin, you know? I was like, where have I seen this guy before? I've seen him bald. I've seen him with a full head of hair. Um, So the last statistic trivia I've got here is Gremlins is our seventh franchise. And hold on to your hats, boys. Gremlins is our seventh <laughs> franchise to feature a greenish monster or creature in a significant role. Uh, the other six being Ghostbusters mm-hmm. with Slimer, mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. Shrek, Monsters, Inc., <laughs> The Mask, and Godzilla, even though he's technically grey, I felt like because many people have a misconception that he's green, Yeah, it, it's worth mentioning in this stack. Okay. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. All right. Okay, so we've watched a lot of franchises for this podcast, Eric. Mm -hmm. Me and Richard have. I don't know how many you've watched alongside. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You play at home. Yes, I play every once in a while. <laughs> when I can. Um, I got to say, Gremlins 2, in my opinion, is the weirdest sequel we have ever watched. <laughs> it feels like... It cannot it fe- be and this true. Isn't- yeah, no, it is. It is. Even, like, at least in terms of tone and consistency, right. it's completely... The closest thing I could compare it to would be Army of Darkness being a different genre to Evil Dead 2. Mm. But 
that was still like, yeah, it's the same character, you know, <laughs> like this isn't what happened, but this is what it feels like. And I, I found out some information about it, but it feels like they got writer's block halfway through <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how to end this thing. And they're like, shit, just pile everything into it. Just yep, put it, put everything, put super powered gremlins into it, put Hulk Hogan into it. Um, it's like oh my the God, ultimate yeah, example. Yeah, it's like the ultimate example of go hard or go home because the feeling, it, it, you go past the feeling of like, man, this is really not taking it seriously. This is really ruining what was great about the first film. It goes past that and then it ends in like, man, this is kind of good in its own right. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of meta comedy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. got to understand the first film is a is a dark Christmas horror comedy. Yeah. And this one's like more akin to something like scary movie. Yeah. It's, it's like a parody of the first of film. Yeah. 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 So what are some, what are some parody moments in this film to paint the picture for those who haven't, well, haven't seen it? One I quite liked was, um, there's a scene in the movie. So when all the, the Mogwai have gone evil and they're all, uh, run amok. And then the film starts to like, jump a little bit and then it speeds up and slows down. <laughs> and then it's revealed that the, gremlins are in the real world and are like messing with the film reel and then they're like like the usher goes into the theater and says like sorry guys we can't play the film and then hulk hogan's in the audience and he stands up and he's like hey you better play the film or you're gonna have to miss mess with hulk hogan and he <laughs> yeah. turns to the camera and he's like sorry folks we'll be we'll get right back tears to his shirt off um as i said before it it opens with a very short uh looney tune sketch with bugs bunny and daffy duck so already already you're like like because i'd heard things right Mm -hmm. i'd heard gremlins 2 as a weird sequel there's a key and peel sketch about it um that the the concept of the sketch is gremlins 2 as a weird sequel here was the writer's room basically um so yeah it already starts and you're like this is not the same movie as <laughs> the first one and like um there's another there's another part in it where it cuts to a film critic yeah who is reviewing gremlins 1 and then he gets attacked by gremlins yeah is there um uh gene siskel it's some I can't remember who it is, but it's someone who had criticized Gremlins for so being too dark. It's not it's not uh, Gene Siskel, but he, he was he was uh, a film critic during the same time, and he was a very 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 famous uh, film critic. Yeah. Mm, yeah, can't remember his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's stuff like that. There's um, <laughs> one of the more subtle meta jokes, and well, not subtle exactly, but the one that I was like, man, you really aren't taking this film seriously, are you? <laughs> was when um so in the first film that billy's love interest hates christmas right and um there's a there's a part there's a part where you find out why she hates christmas it's and it's, it's because her dad tried to sneak down the chimney with presents during christmas time and broke his neck that and died in the chimney the and most it's super brutal dark. that was such yeah. a brutal story <laughs> Yeah, and that's why she doesn't like Christmas. And then in Gremlins Two, when they're all escaping the Gremlins, someone mentions what Abraham, like Lincoln, Lincoln Day, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Abraham Is that Lincoln a- Day. Yeah, and she and she goes, "No, I hate talking about Lincoln Day." And she's like, "You don't understand. When on Lincoln Day, when I was a kid, my mum she made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was going through that peanut butter and jelly sandwich phase." And she starts on this like monologue about why she can't handle Lincoln Day, and then they just like, "Honey, we gotta go." And I was like, "You're just." you're just making fun of yourself now it's so weird 
and like the the yeah. other big thing in it would be that yeah some of the gremlins get powers so one of them drinks a potion and now becomes super intelligent and can talk one of them turns into like an electrical demon <laughs> um one of them turns into a spider gremlin one of them gets wings and takes a drinks a sunscreen potion so he, he can handle sunlight and when that happened i was like okay so this is the big boss yeah. right this is the big bad this is the the goal for the rest of the movie is to stop the flying gremlin yeah. from getting outside but he immediately flies outside and when he breaks a hole in the wall it's the exact perfect shape of the bat symbol which is hilarious and, <laughs> and then he flies around the city and then uh, one of the characters like knocks him into a cement like puddle and he gets covered in cement and then he flies onto the top of a church and turns into a gargoyle and that's where gargoyles come from and that's where gargoyles come from but it's also like that whole setup from was just for that joke yeah you know it wasn't like this is the ultimate mission to stop the flying gremlin getting outside it's just we wanted to do a funny gargoyle i absolutely thought the same thing aj i was like this yeah. is you know the the sunscreen thing this is how it happens and then it's just like oh yeah. no that was just for a gag wow that kind of sucked yeah. you see i was like oh he looks like a gargoyle and, and goes like, after oh, look at him he's a gargoyle and goes after yeah. the one guy in new york who has ptsd from gremlins <laughs> <laughs> um no i just i didn't necessarily not enjoy it but i kind of it kind of feels weird to make your like mission statement to make this is going to be the sequel that's a satire on sequels but it's like <laughs> is that better than just a gremlin sequel <laughs> you know why did it have to be gremlins you did this with the other the other thing i wrote down trying to trying to accurately portray my observations on gremlins 2 is that it feels like someone watched the first gremlins right before they went to sleep and then the, their dream fed off their subconscious <laughs> and that's what gremlins 2 is it's someone <laughs> dreaming after they've just seen gremlins uh, that's a great way to put this it this was a dream yeah, state that, sort of, that feels like a dream it's crazy um I, yeah so but apparently it was all intentional joe dante was mm. aiming for an anarchistic approach with the sequel an attempt to make it more cartoony and slapstick to combat the criticisms of the first films first film being too dark mm. um did you guys think it was worth it <laughs> yeah i think it's i, I think it's great <laughs> yeah it's very yeah, it's cool. i don't it's funny because it's very 80s, but it came out in 1990. Yeah. Mm, that's true, yeah. Yeah, it had good. It had definitely had good moments. And, you know, the first one had some dark scenes. Like when the mom is killing the gremlins in the kitchen, I was just like, whoa, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> the darkest scene in the first one is still the girl's dad dying, oh, trying to be Santa. Easily. Trapped in the chimney. <laughs> God, that's so Like, tragic. don't write something that dark into the film. Oh. It's too- it's oh, too macabre. It was horrific. <laughs> um, but he's an idiot for going find, down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did find what Roger, Roger Ebert um, thought of the second film. Um, mm. So he approved of the first film, uh, but observed that Gremlins 2 was meant to satirize sequels. Nevertheless, <clears throat> he felt it did not manage to differentiate itself from the original enough and was not as good. Uh, he went on <laughs> to claim that the film lacks a well-constructed plot, and once the Gremlins arrive, the film simply becomes a series of gags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it depends i guess it, it whether or not you love it depends on how how special the first gremlins mm-hmm. was to you yeah because i feel like if you loved the first gremlins this would be immensely disappointing <laughs> to not see it taken seriously yeah but if you if you were as indifferent as us three were then like 
It's like, okay, I'm I'm down for this. I'm along for the ride. Well, the, there was a, there was a moment in the second one that I was just like, man, they're they're like addressing like th- theories and concerns like like uh, like a subreddit might where it was just like all the mm-hmm. technicians were like well what if he has a piece of food stuck in his teeth and like you know yeah, does yeah. he eat it after midnight does he t-? and they're all like theorizing all these different things and it almost feels like normal people talking about yeah, gremlins m- one making fun of the rules established yeah but yeah, then yeah. like the they don't say the obvious one, which is when is it okay to start feeding them again? I, I have a head cannon for this. What? So if if you don't, if for the listeners, if you didn't catch it before, you can't feed the the mogwai after midnight, or they turn into a gremlin. But the the logical fallacy there, I guess, is that every time is after midnight, depending on when you're when you're awake. Um, so. I'm thinking it's they have to have like an eight eight hours sleep before they eat again. Well, it's got to be dawn, right? right? Yeah, I, I would say yeah. sunrise because they're affected by the sun. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 sunrise. Yeah, it's a good way. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. It has us theorizing now. <laughs> yeah, like so <laughs> well, if, if it wakes up early, like if it's only had seven and a half hours sleep, but it's like three p.m. <laughs> you know, you like, don't feed it. Mm. The thing is, though, I feel like the whole keep them out of water is kind of the more interesting rule because the the rule is don't even give them water to drink. Mm-hmm. And so I just love in the first one how everyone's so like, oh, that's pretty cool to like <laughs> a creature that they've never seen before that doesn't have to drink, which is amazing because <laughs> every living organism on the planet needs to drink. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it can speak like rudimentary English. Like it, it can go like, bright light, bright light. Oh, hey, Billy. And like, you know, it's it's nuts that um, that, that exists and everyone's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a pretty funny looking cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I love how like people are not affected whatsoever by these mm. things, and they're just like yeah. straight faced. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Um, Eric, did you have? Do you want to go through some of your notes? Did you have any more notes on oh, Gremlins? 2? Just like what the hell was with the ending in the second movie? Mm-hmm. Like, tell us what happens in the ending. Oh, yeah, the, just, the very ending is very oh, strange. Oh my god! Like, okay, so the whole thing ends. It resolves. The main, the guy who owns the building, he's like kind of a pseudo hero, and he gets on the radio with one of his like right hand men, or, or the guy in, tri- in charge of pest control, which they have a whole unit for apparently in this building. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, you know, you're up in the top floor or something like that. Oh, we'll get to you eventually. And then it cuts to him in the bathroom. And there's one of the gremlins that turned into a woman and became infatuated with him in the middle of the movie. (laughs) And she's just like in a wedding dress, like just walking towards him, doing like kissing faces. And he's like horrified. And then eventually, and then he's not horrified. And then he's like, okay, this isn't the worst thing that's happened to me today. And it just Mm. goes with it. And then it, oh God, it just ends there. It's like, what the hell is happening? It's very, (laughs) there's something similar in Nutty Professor 2 where the, the guy gets, uh, raped by a giant hamster oh my God. and then at the end of the film he like looks over the hamster and does like a eh, face that indicates maybe he's all about it um and so it's a similar thing in gremlins 2 where, where forster the guy we we're talking about before he he kind of goes oh you know maybe it wouldn't be so bad to to have sex with a gremlin 
I guess. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it was a weird trend in movies similar to this. Um, <sighs> the, the, <laughs> the thing I found real funny about that scene is the um, how as she's, as she's walking towards him in the wedding dress, she's ma- the noises she's making is like... <laughs> And it's very tender and, and like, sweet and it's almost shy. Like, this female gremlin is making, like, these very shy squeaks. Like, she's feeling very bashful to be marrying him. Yeah, I thought it was pretty hot. Oh, (laughs) God. Would you you do the gremlin? Would you bang Lady Gremlina, which is her name, according to the trading card set? (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm in a relationship. I'm taken, so I wouldn't. Eric, are you in a relationship? Yes. Ah, okay. Well, I guess, AJ, you have to, to do it. <laughs> oh, rips off shirt like Hulk Hogan. Here I go. <laughs> oh, perfect. Mm. <laughs> perfect. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, I guess the only other thing I'd, I'd say is that in the, it was just really apparent in the first Gremlins movie that they were trying to kind of make this like, you know, the, on the TVs, there were all these like 1950s horror movies and, um, yeah. you know, it, it seemed like they were trying to do like an 80s take of one of those movies, um, you know, like yeah. The, yeah. The, the thing or, you know, the blob or, you know, any of those things. Mm. And there were more than a few moments where there were TVs with those movies on them. And I was just like, oh, well, this is, you know, it's not it's not bad. It actually kind of succeeds. There's a lot of campiness to it. Um, and yeah, yeah it just kind of, it kind of hits it out of the park as far as, like you said, as far as like, you know, oh, I could show this to my kids and you know, they'd be fine with it, but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the second one's like no one involved in making the first one actually gives a shit about it. <laughs> well, I don't care. I don't even want to make it. Yeah. Let's that make sounds it a good. Parody. That sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. All right, so now we're going to move right on swiftly into continue the franchise, uh, where we all pitch sequels to the Gremlins to the Gremlins duology. But um, I don't know if you guys know this, but a Gremlins three has been in development for a number of years. Every I feel like every couple <laughs> of years, someone will post on 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 our movies and be like, "Oh, Gremlins three is is in in the works." <laughs> um, it's kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the sense that I feel like my whole life I've been seeing sequel speculation being talked about. <laughs> yeah, I had um, I had that noted that it was uh, that it was down there. Yeah. I just didn't know what that was about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it sounds like, by all accounts, from what's been said about it so far, that it'll return to the grounded reality of the original. <laughs> to quote Zach Galligan, who plays Billy in the films, the main character, he says, Warner Bros. definitely wants it. Chris, Pol- Chris Columbus wants to do it because he'd like to undo the Gremlins 2 thing as he wasn't thrilled with it. Chris and Spielberg Columbus. wants to. Man. So yeah. even the people making these films are like, ah, I don't know if Gremlins 2 was the right choice. <laughs> do you think Do you think there's a moment like that behind the scenes footage from Phantom Menace <laughs> where um, Joe Dante's sitting in a little cinema watching Gremlins 2 with the rest of the crew and he just goes, I may have gone too far in some places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or like reportedly- that, clip of, um, that clip of Hayao Miyazaki being like, Anime was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's trash, all of it. It's garbage, all of it, yeah. Um, so, reportedly, the plot for Gremlins 3 will answer the 
age-old question that fans have been asking for years, and it's not the midnight one. Um, it's, if all gremlins come from getting Gizmo wet and feeding his Mogwai offspring after midnight, should Gizmo be eliminated? Mm. <clears throat> so we're killing Gizmo. Um, no. And apparently, according to Zach Galligan, who plays Billy, it might feature Billy working for Donald Trump. <laughs> who i thought the guy from the second movie he was like kind of a trump figure that's what i totally he was supposed to be yeah, yeah. hulk hogan He's, yeah <laughs> lady gremlina is a trump figure <laughs> the brainy gremlin so so aj i don't know if uh you saw this but there's a movie in 2017 called gremlin and i was wondering if that had anything to do with the series um it wasn't in my research so i'm gonna say no it has nothing to do with gremlins good <laughs> um, did you watch it no. let's have a look <laughs> no i did not um i can't you type in gremlin and it just auto corrects to gremlins no it's like should... no surely you meant gremlins no 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 yeah there's right. no film called oh gremlin yeah Grim, Grim, oh no that's just the the creature the gremlin <laughs> oh, okay. gremlin 2017 all right, um, let's have a look. This Gremlin, looks terrible. You can't kill it. You can't escape it. You can only give it to someone you love. What? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a continue the franchise. This is someone trying to bank on the <laughs> success. This is an asylum film. No way. Because they made another film called Circus Kane, which just looks like it. <laughs> yeah, and, but they're, they're trying to get that crowd of people that think it's Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> so, continue the franchise. What have you guys got? What are your guys' ideas for Gremlins Three? Uh, um, who goes first? <laughs> I'll go first. Mine's yeah. real pretty, pretty shit. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'd like to see a, um, I'd like to see a remake of the first Gremlins movie. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, update it. But I only really want to see that so that we can then get a sequel to it that like follows the same kind of um you know the the follows mm. the path set out by gremlins 2 so like i want to see what the 2018 weird meta sequel to like a serious film right. or the semi-serious right. film um mm. is or a film that takes itself seriously having a sequel that does not in any way yeah cool cool all right eric what have you got dude okay buckle up here we go this is what i thought <clears throat> So they nearly took over a town, right? And then they nearly took mm-hmm. over a city. All right. Mm-hmm. So this time they're nearly going to take over space. Okay. <laughs> Gremlins in space. Yes. In an equally <laughs> in an equally irresponsible move that is only indicative of this franchise, Billy signs up to be one of those families colonizing Mars. But then he decides <laughs> but then he decides to take his longtime pet, Gizmo. In a turn of events, Gizmo finds the only central water source on the colony and actually get accidentally gets some on top of him. Of course. That's so funny. Chaos and the only water Billy, in the whole on the whole planet. <laughs> Billy and Kate have to creatively kill this space batch before they get into the MREs and find the only water source on the base. They literally just have to go to the room with the water in it and keep them out. This is Gremlins 3, a new start. Nice. Yeah, I nice. love it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, um I and because yep. you could like it'd be funny if there's like once they go to space, you find out like there's a fourth rule. 
It's like I didn't bother telling you, but never go to space. Yeah. <laughs> never have them space, in a vacuum. They, they grow. They grow to giant size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you put them in a vacuum, they grow giant. You didn't know they're actually from Mars. It's just like Ooh, it's could bad. Be. It's bad. Um, my my continued franchise is called Gremlins of the Dead. <laughs> And basically, what's the only thing scarier than gremlins? Zombie gremlins. So it's the same sort of thing, but this time, um, if if a gremlin bites you, you turn into a gremlin. And like this this metamorphosis that's similar to like District 9, um, because I felt like that was, that would have certainly heightened the threat of of the gremlins if, you know, you getting attacked by one made you turn into one. So that seems like a logical next step going from where Gremlins 2 takes us. Is that like a black sheep moment where like he gets bit and Mm. turns into like this hybrid Mm. boss thing? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cool, cool. Um, All right. Well, that that about does it. Thank you for coming on the show, Eric. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. We we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, (laughs) And it's funny. We didn't really mention Christmas a lot in the Gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) But it's there. It is there. It's a Christmas sandwich. You got the Christmassy yeah. stuff on the outside. Yeah. And then, although you normally name a sandwich after the filling. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So the next episode we're moving on to is the Bad Santa duology with Brent from Texas. So, Richard, uh, can you just take us over there, please? Oh, God. Thanks, AJ. And here we are now with Brent from Texas. Hey, Brent. What up? All right, Brent. And uh, whereabouts are you from? I'm from Texas, like you just said. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the, the Texas accent that movies and television have led uh, me to believe every Texas all person right, has. All right, all right, all right. I just like to do a little naked yoga in the backyard, play my bongos. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. That was good. And you did also, he did also say y'all um, just before we started. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You did say y'all. Well, and again, it's like I can I can All turn y'all. my Texas on when I need to. Like if you're talking to like a, a cop, like a police officer or something like that. Oh, yes. Sir. No, no, I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> sir. I can't say that I rightly did, you know, but but no, most of the most of the time oh, I've got a little oh more of a nondescript accent. Sophisticated. Mm. Oh sophisticated. yes, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, you know, we'll get into the discussion in just a moment. But Brent, you know, you have been one of our biggest and oldest fans of the show, and it might surprise listeners who are aware of the 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 Brent from Texas storyline to know that this is the first time we've spoken in person. I guess you know, not in person, in person, but. Like usually we just send each other yeah, messages. Yeah, yeah. 
like over text and stuff. So this is the first time we're actually interacting voice to voice with you. Isn't it's kind of weird. And I know we got the little video at the beginning before we started doing this part. And that was like seeing, yeah. seeing your body move in AG. That really was, uh, that was a new experience. <laughs> for me. Oh, wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm touched. <laughs> well, we've, uh, we've got you here, Brent, to chat about, the Bad Santa duology, mm-hmm. uh, which consists of two films, of course. Uh, and that's Bad Santa, which was released in 2003, and Bad Santa 2, was, which was released in 2016. Now, uh, who would like to explain what the first film's about? Uh, I'll do the first one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Brent, you got the second oh, one, mate. Okay. <laughs> the first one's the, the one I think I can explain better. Um, so... It stars Billy Bob Thornton, and he is a mall Santa, like a department store Santa, and um, he teams up with a little person um, played by, what's his name? Tony Cox. Tony Cox, who you'll know from a lot of the like movies like Date Movie and stuff, um, and they they basically run a heist where every Christmas they'll get their ins at a mall and be the Santa and the elf for that mall, and um, on Christmas Eve they'll break into the mall and rob it blind um and in this one in this particular heist that they're doing uh bad santa makes an un you know what an unlikely friendship with a little boy from um i don't know from i was gonna say the wrong side of the tracks but he's more not in good yeah no he's he's actually affluent yeah oh true actually that's true yeah he's he lives in a mansion with his um, grandmother who's uh, lost her mind basically so he basically lives by himself and so bad santa despite being reluctant at first uh becomes friends with thurman merman thurman merman so okay that's the first film and mm-hmm. now brent would you do us the honor of please explain the plot of the second film for 2016 sure so uh at the end of the first movie uh Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the first one. At the end of the first movie, Willie, a.k.a. Bad Santa, uh, ends up in jail. And so the the second one starts as he's right as he's getting out. And uh, I can't remember exactly how they hook up again, but he gets. I don't I don't I'm not to immediately jump on and correct you, but I don't think Willie does go to jail. Doesn't he? Well, because he gets shot. He gets arrested. Yeah, say- I guess he doesn't go to jail. You're right. Yeah, because the the cops are like uh, shooting a unarmed Santa on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah pretty yeah. messed up. So, but um, uh, Tony Cox's character, the the elf, does go to jail. Yeah, because he tries to murder Willie. That's right. So either way, um, they, and again, the first this is the one which is a very important part, but the part that I don't remember is how they got hooked back up because he was angry at him. But then I know there's another job. Um, yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, he's, there's another job and he calls him up. All right, well, there yeah. you go. So they get another job, and this time the job is in Chicago. Um, and so mm. they go to Chicago, and uh, lo and behold, uh, the job is with uh, a third person who is Willie's mom. And they have a really bad... Played by Kathy Bates. Played by yeah. Kathy Bates. Uh, they have a really bad relationship. Uh, he really doesn't like her and all that stuff. And so they have to do this new job with her uh, to, you know, 
get all the money so he can move off to his island and live the life that he wants. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did really enjoy, Academy Award winner Kathy Bates is in this movie after winning her Oscar. Yeah. Mm. Academy Award winner Billy Bob Thornton is in this movie after winning his Oscar. Yeah. And Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer <laughs> is in this movie after winning her Oscar. Yeah. yeah. And like, because I love that she was in the, Octavia Spencer's in the first one as well. Yeah. As like, at a tiny cameo before she kind of blew up in the help, just as like a, a prostitute that Willie had anal sex with. That's like what her character title would probably be. Yeah. <laughs> That's her de- defining characteristic. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess the the other thing I'll add to to your um, synopsis, Brent, is that um, the the job in this one is them trying to rob a charity. So they're back in Santa suits again, um, and right. both the right. elf. I can't remember his name, the character's name, but both the elf and the mother are all wanting to cut the other out and just um, you know secretly betray. And just take all the money and share it with Willie. But it turns out that in the end, they all try to get the money for themselves. And mm. yeah. And also, Thurman is now all grown up mm. and um, follows <laughs> right. uh, Willie to Chicago just because, you know, they're best friends. And Willie does seem to, to like the kid as well. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Reluctantly. Yeah, I think he follows him because he doesn't want to be alone on Christmas. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what it was. Man, <laughs> all right. You, you don't, you don't look. You don't watch Bad Santa two thousand three and go. I want a sequel thirteen years later. It's it's <laughs> not, not one of those all. movies, you know. It's very odd to see it like yeah. come back. But at the same time, that's probably the most interesting thing about it was yeah, seeing yeah. the characters. I, okay, so uh, <clears throat> what did you guys think of the films, and how would you rank them? <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I thought I'd never seen in any of them and Bad Santa was always one of those movies that you, you always run into people who love Bad Santa and swear by Bad Santa and so I'd never seen it. So watching it this time, I thought it was a pretty interesting movie. It's pretty funny. Um, there's a really funny recurring joke about the old lady and her grandson always wanting to make sandwiches for people and it's pla- it's it's very well, it's like the comedic timing and the line, let me fix you some sandwiches is like pitch perfect in some some moments i thought made me crack up um i i liked that it's i feel i don't know what the ratings are i have no idea but i feel like bad center one you what they were r rated (laughs) the the, the rotten tomato scores sorry sorry I don't know what they are, but I imagine Bad Santa 1 could have actually quite a high rating and be revered slightly. I'm, I'm not sure, actually, but um, I liked that. It, what it feels like is it feels... Bad Santa 1 feels like someone's passion project. It's a weird idea for a movie, but it feels like someone had that story and was like, I want to tell a story about a shitty person who ends up caring about a little kid and he dresses up as santa and there's something alluring about you know the the wholesome image of santa being degraded like that um so i like i like the first one and um going into the second one all i knew about it all i knew about the second one was that it's so bad and it ruins the first one and it's it's like a classic example of a bad sequel um and it started and i'm gonna say like the first 20 minutes i was like this is great i i'm laughing i'm laughing at these jokes like there's there's a the the scene opens with willie trying various methods of killing himself which is real dark but he he can't um 
like put his head in the oven for too long. So then he gets a toaster and ties the cord of the toaster around his neck and the toaster itself around the ceiling fan. And then when he kicks the chair away and like hangs there, a bit of toast pops out of the toaster. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny. And and then like Thurman comes in and doesn't realize that he's trying to kill himself, which is a great character moment for both of them. And then he dumps like this, this, this envelope filled full full with money and he's like, oh, you got this in the mail. And, and then he's trying to get out of it. And then he's like, give me the chair back. And he do- and Thurman doesn't understand what he's saying. And then the ceiling fan just breaks off the roof. And he, like, collapses to the ground. And I was like, this is co- this is good. This, this is good This stuff. is comedy. Yeah, this is what comedy is. <laughs> but um, then after a while, I, I didn't mind a lot, of the, a lot of Bad Santa 2. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in it. And I really liked the characters. But then it's like a producer was like, oh, can we have... Um, Willie have sex with loads of women in this movie, and that's what happens. In the yeah, movie. well, because the, the the first film is one of very few mainstream films to feature and mention anal sex, True, um, yeah. especially in two thousand three. Because yeah, he, he's seen having butt sex with a girl in a changing room, and, mm. he's, and he says, "You won't be shitting right for a week." Yeah, and um, which is also what Octavia Spencer's character says. And then this film really. <laughs> doubled down on the anal and stuff i eh? think it's been a long yeah. time yeah it's it's been a long time since i've been offended by too much sex in a film like <laughs> usually i'm like you know there's a way to justify it and it's all good it's you know sex is a part of life but watching this film i was like there's too much sex in this movie and like there was one point where he he bangs the security guard um and i just turned the volume off I, was, I don't want to, like, because I was watching it in the lounge and my brother and sister were in the lounge as well. And I was like, uh, this is just weird. Like, it's too explicit. I was offended by this movie and I haven't been offended yeah. by a movie in years. I mean, I get that that's, prob- that's probably them trying to be like, oh, let's make this one more outrageous. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Brent, what did you think? Did you have any attachment to the first one from years ago or anything like that? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I was kind of the same story as, uh, as y'all. I knew about the first one and uh, people enjoyed it and stuff like that i did not know there was a second one until y'all asked me to do the (laughs) bad santa duology um Mm. but but yeah no i had the same way uh on the sex thing though what i thought was interesting and i don't know if this is like like i don't really have an opinion about this but there was a lot of sex but not much nudity Mm. yeah i feel like i didn't yeah I mean, like, I don't care. It was just one of those things, <laughs> yeah, you know, where I'm like, you think off, if you're right. going to have, <laughs> if you're going to have all of this sex, maybe they're going to pop a boob out every now and then, you know? I don't know. It's it's an odd line to draw. Like, mm. and I guess it's because, yeah, yeah. I guess actresses are probably more inclined to act a sex scene as opposed to get there. And it's a, yeah. yeah. But, True, um, because we, we haven't talked about his love interest. He has both, uh, in the first one, it's uh, Lauren Graham. Who's from Gilmore Girls, and then the the second one, it was uh, what's her name, uh, Christina, Christina Hendricks. Hendricks. It was Christina Hendricks. Yeah. I wondered if it yeah. was. I never recognize Christina Hendricks when I see her, but I always think red hair, big boobs. Yeah, I that's always think. I wonder if that's, that's Christina Hendricks. <laughs> um, yeah, which uh, and pointing out Lauren Graham, this is our second franchise of two films which features a Gilmore girl. Mm. <laughs> There you go. The traveling pants was the other one, right? Yeah. Yes. It was. Nice. Very um, good, Brent. A plus. That's a that's a deep cut for you there. <laughs> <laughs> but they um uh sh- and they Lauren Gray would have been in both films, but she was busy filming the Gilmore Girls revival right. when the second one came out. 
That was one of the things that, despite saying how the, how there's too much sex in the second film, the one thing I did actually really like about the second film is that when he's um, having sex with what you know the various women that he has sex with, he tells them to call him Santa. And in the first one, there's you know the when he, La, uh, Laura Lai Gilmore is is a lot more she 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 like pursues him. She has a Santa film. fetish, essentially. Yeah, she has a Santa fetish. So when they're, they're banging, she's going like "fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa." And in the second one, when he's when he's banging Christina Hendricks, he's like "call me Santa," and she's like "what are you talking about?" And I was like, "oh, that's great," because he's because Gilmore Girl was the only like the the most beautiful connection he ever had with someone so that's now his you know it's a it's a nice yeah. little character moment that it's yeah. weird feels weird pointing it out now and i, <laughs> I like want to say like so i saw the first film uh maybe like four or five years ago now i, I just like one christmas i was like i'm gonna buy some christmas movies on mm. on blu-ray and so i went out and bought a bunch and then um yeah i watched bad santa and i was like Oh yeah, this this is pretty. I can see why people like this. It's pretty good. Um, and they watch the second one. Like AJ, all I knew about it was it's like a classic example of a terrible sequel and like a distant sequel that they shouldn't have made. But watching it, watching the first one again, I was like, oh yeah, no, they, I'm on board with this. I like this. Mm. And then watching the second one, I was like, this to me isn't a massive shift in quality. No. It's just harder to watch with people. Yeah. <laughs> like, the there's a lot of that. stuff I really like in the second one. Like, the first one um, has, you know, it's got great performance. It's got John Ritter's final performance. Mm. And it's really got, good um, in it as well. Bernie Mac's in it as well. Mm. And um, Oh, he was good in that. Mm. And it's like, you know, it would have been great if, if those guys could have were still around to be in the second one. But I think the, the addition of Kathy Bates is great. And the yeah. dynamic between... Kathy Bates, um, Billy Bob Thornton, and Tony Cox works really well. I thought. Well, that's the thing is that we mentioned before that there's they're both like both Billy Bob Thornton and Kathy Bates are Academy Award winning actors. And well, did Billy Bob Thornton win for acting? Because I looked at him and said he won for a screenplay. <laughs> no, yeah, he won funny. for writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He but won anyway, for uh, Sling Boy. They, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's a fantastic actor, and so is mm. Kathy Bates, and they aren't holding back in this movie. Yeah, yeah, they're like, not phoning it in. Yeah, yeah despite the fact that it's probably a worse movie than other things they've been in, they're still they've still brung their a, a game, and it's a really interesting yeah. thing to see. And, yeah, like yeah. someone like Kathy Bates is is always a delight to yeah, watch. Exactly. And um, yeah, this and and Bad Santa's kind of like peak Billy Bob Thornton as well. Mm. Like it's probably the the one that seems to be like most like his real persona in a and, lot of ways. Yeah, and it's strange because I feel like from what I know about who Billy Bob Thornton is in real life, who's quite a pretentious, um, snobby guy. Mm. Something like Bad Santa to me, it seems like I I would expect what I know of Billy Bob Thornton to like throw away the script for a movie like Bad Santa. Mm. Like not want to do it. It seems beneath him, but because it is kind of beneath him, I think that's what makes right, it so yeah. powerful. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think uh, that it's it's almost a traditional Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I think that it takes the opportunity, like every time it until the very very end, it has the chance to become that traditional. You know, and here's his moment, and here's where everything goes right, and you know, yeah. here's how the the obstacle that he overcomes. They deny you that so much in hmm. the first movie until the very, very end, uh, and then you finally get that moment. But every so that's what I think. It's like the it's I mean bad Santa as opposed to good Santa, but it's like <laughs> the anti Christmas Christmas movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it still has those Christmas themes. 
Yeah, I think as well, which is yeah, 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 which is really sure. good. No, that's a, that's a good thing to point out because it's like, and I think that's the point of the movie. It's like, what if like every everything this character does is irredeemable, but then in the end he buys this weird little kid a Christmas present, and that's mm. all he does basically. But it shows that he cares about someone yeah. for the first time in his life, basically. Yeah. Well, um, I might have to quickly Google something uh, to to really make my dramatic point. Mm. But yeah, so where do you guys think this sits in the kind of echelon of Christmas films? Both of them or just the first one? Uh, you'll go just the first one. Um, I would say it it appeals a lot to the generation that Richard and I were when we were teenagers. I feel like those are the only people I've heard sing this movie's praises. So I don't know. I think if you're if you're cynical about Christmas and you don't like Christmas movies then this would be a, a refreshing watch. I don't know, it's a type of... It, you've got to be a specific type of person to really enjoy yeah, yeah. Bad Santa. Um, I forgot to mention the Rotten Tomatoes scores as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to guess what the first one has on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I would say maybe 66. Uh, I'm going to say in its 70s. A number? 72. 78. Oh yeah, no way! Yeah. Wow. No, that's cool. I like that because I was watching it and I was like, "This could go either way." The critics will either see Bad Santa as like an edgy um, indie film. I don't know if it is an indie film, but you know, it's got it. Could, it could be. It's got the. Right. It's yeah, got a, yeah. a character. It's a character movie, right? Yeah. And I, I did want to point out. Sorry to interrupt you real quick because uh, you said about the indie and uh, the the producers. Uh, as I was watching the credits in the beginning. Two of the producers are Joel and Eaton Cohen. Mm, that's true. Yeah, exactly. And also the Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. Who had more influence? Um, <laughs> but well, the, but the, the sorry, the, the Cohen brothers thing is. I think that's what, what I forgot that they were mentioned in the in the opening credits. But that is, I think, what I'm getting at. Yeah, is this film is a film that the Cohen brothers feel like they they glanced their, their godlike eyes at at wow. one point, you know? It was actually a little bit more than that, AJ. Oh, oh shit. Because um, this is like one of those long-standing kind of like open secrets in Hollywood that the Coen brothers actually ghost wrote the script for the film. Wow. So oh. the, the, two, the, two, the two open secrets connected to this film is that <laughs> the Coen brothers wrote it and that um, <laughs> molestation has been going on in Hollywood for decades. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, in the same way that Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist, I think. No, I like- see that. I totally see that because it is a very, for as much as like, it feels like an immature, um, you know, and, and rude and obnoxious film. There is a distinct character story at the center. Yeah. Of it's it. a very you kind of film, AJ, as well, because you love <laughs> taking silly things seriously yeah, I do. In, in films. And, yeah. and it's that, uh, he has a, he has a fun raunchy idea for a film and then mm. it's like, oh, actually, actually it's a character totally. character piece but um what do you guys reckon the second one has on Rotten Tomatoes ugh uh well nah 50 I'm gonna no I'm gonna say because people people will be fueled by how how like fondly they remember the first one when rating this one so I'm gonna go sub 20 like 17 23 yeah because it's and I wanna say like like you Rich I don't think I think it's better than 23 yeah. The only thing that makes it for me, the only thing that makes it worse than the first one is it goes too extreme in places where it's like you just didn't need to do this. And um, I thought the kid who plays Thurman 
kind of lost his acting ability as he got older, I think. Yeah, and they kind of, yeah, they ruined the character of Thurman to just have the same jokes again. Mm. Because he's actually, he's not like mentally disabled in the first film, but in the second one, it's like he just hasn't progressed at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's still a child. Yeah. I felt like they did, I've got a note here that says, is there a word for the opposite of flanderizing? Because he was like a, he was such a weird character in the first one. And then in this one, there's just, there is no substance. There's no curiosity. There's nothing about Mm -hmm. him in this one that makes me want to like him. Yeah. Well, that's because in the first one, he's a little kid. So everything he does is excusable. And in this one, I've got to say, he's a weird adult, which is not as charming as just having a weird kid. Right. Yeah, but apparently the, the actor, who's like not really an actor, I guess, had to put on like forty pounds because he he was actually like in shape. Oh, but no. they're like, no, we need you to be funny and fat again. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, oh, he got another acting role out of it, I guess. I also thought um, Tony Cox isn't. I didn't think he was a very good actor <laughs> in any of them. Like especially paired up with Billy Bob Thornton, I felt like he right. felt very um, wooden in some of his delivery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you're surrounded by like. Some pretty strong actors. Yeah, um, it does. He's fine in date movie as Hitch. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's just about all uh, I have to say. Mm. Um, do you guys have continues of the franchise? Brent, you go first, buddy. All right. So uh, mine is going to be called uh, Bad Santa Three, but that's. <gasps> That's I, 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 just to bother you, uh, AJ. Yes, thank you. I'm touched. So, (laughs) Bad Santa 3, Willie's 8. And what happens is he leaves Chicago, takes what, you know, what little money he got from that last, uh, from the last job, and heads to Switzerland or something. While he's over there. Sorry, Brent, did you say, do you say Willie's 8? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. As an Ocean's 8? Yeah. So, he heads to Switzerland. And while he's there, he runs into Sandra Bullock, who brings him mm. in on her job that she's got to steal some Nazi gold or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt, I felt like this was like the movies were fun and they're like just on the edge of being a heist movie. So I felt like we could use that uh, that mm. world, you know, like a heist movie setup to kind of go into it and. I thought that would be fun to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, but if if they went full heist movie, AJ wouldn't like it. No, I don't like heist movies. Ah, <laughs> don't understand them. Yeah, it was fun. I went to go see uh, Widows the other day, Steve McQueen's new movie, yeah. and I was like, loved it. Thought it was like one of the best films of the year. And then I was like messaging AJ to be like, you should go see Widows. I was like, wait a minute, you'll hate this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't follow heist movies. Yeah, well, there's a thing, there's a thing that they want. And it takes a whole group of them, each doing their individual tasks, <laughs> to achieve that. But well, the the thing in heist movies is like you know they get to the end of the heist and it's like one thing's gone wrong, and then it's revealed that they planned for this. Yeah, yeah and AJ's always like, "Why weren't we shown them planning for this?" Yeah. <laughs> um, when you said Willie's eight, I am. I thought you meant that's how old he is, and so he's like, "You're like, it's a prequel," and I was like, "Cool, it's a prequel." And then you're like, and he goes, takes the money from his last job, and I was like, "What? 
when he's no, eight. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was confused there. Not Willie no, is a good idea. eight. No. No, Willie's eight. Yeah, right. The eight belong to Willie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, do you want to go next, AJ? Do you want me to? Uh, I can. Um, so Alrighty. I would like a Bad Santa video game uh, in Ooh. the style of Grand Theft Auto Five, something like that, where you play as a small, say it's the characters from the second film, so a, a bad Santa, a bad Mrs. Claus, and a bad elf, right? And you can switch between players, and there's a there's a big heist that you're going to do. It's all set in Christmas time in Chicago, so you've got that nice theming to it. And it's windy, yeah. right, right, Brent? That's it's the windy city. Oh, the big windy city. You got it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I just I just thought it'd be cool to see Grand Theft Auto gameplay in a Christmas setting, basically. And I nice, I yeah, like yeah. these characters enough to individually, not necessarily in the movie that they're contained in, but like I like them enough to think that they would be a fun way because they all have different skills as well. So you know that's gameplay as well. You know you you use the elf to crawl into ventilation shafts and yeah, use, man, I like that. I really like that. Yeah, you use bad Santa to crack safes and stuff. And like because the part that made me think of this is there's a part in Bad Santa two where they're where him and his mum are driving back from something they were doing, and she's got a real bad cough. So he pulls over and, and robs a, a um, drugstore to get her some cough medicine. And I was like, well, there's a that's a side quest. Hmm. stop your mum from coughing and you pull over a car and have to huh. you know and, 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 the, and the wider the story in. of the them doing a heist there's a little mini heist and i imagine that's what a game nice be yeah like. that's that's a really good idea yeah the the gta but at christmas is is, is yeah. cool yeah nice well um my continuing the franchise is called bad santas mm. and um it's set in the real world mm. Um, where the film Bad Santa and Bad Santa 2 were, you know, mild box office success. And a group of guys get together and think, hey, this is a pretty good idea. And they <laughs> um, get jobs as Santas and pull off like, in, in, in a similar vein to um, Ocean's, the Ocean's Eleven remake, where um, they're hitting multiple places at the exact same time. So it's yeah. about like shutting down the power at the same time and things like that. But um Interestingly about continuing the franchise for um for Bad Santa, um, like how you have AJ have already produced two continuing the franchises that we've already seen. <laughs> I witnessed a live action remake of um Bad Santa the other really? day. I was at the mall um in Auckland at in St. Luke's Mall and the Santa there Are you getting was paid like, by them to say that name? <laughs> <laughs> well i just want people to be like to go oh yeah that's oh, it. and i'm sure they wouldn't want to be associated with this anyway but um, <laughs> the, um yeah this the santa was like had the like santa's just helping his reindeer will be back in five on on, the, on his seat and he was just like across the like court just chatting up some blonde woman <laughs> <laughs> like they were sitting at like a on like stools at like a leaner thing mm. and he was just like yeah, like casually leaning there, and she was kind of like laughing at all of his jokes. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Santa." <laughs> I wish I'd taken a photo of it and then and posted that and on Instagram it was like bad Santa three question yeah. mark. That's interesting because of all the things you could have seen a mall Santa doing, you probably witnessed the most subdued and like innocent of <laughs> yeah, all yeah, the things yeah. he does. Is just talking to, to girls. I thought you were going to say he's like he was fighting with an elf, or he was like yeah. stealing from an appliance store. He and the woman from the other store were having anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> and just right there in the store. We, we all saw it. It was terrible. Um, yeah, but 
Nice. Real quick, I th- I think I might want to change my uh, continue the franchise because I just thought of it. Um, mm-hmm. Go for it. There is a new. Uh, they find out uh, same group of people, you know, Tony Cox and uh, Kathy Bates, whoever. But they find out that there is uh, a lot of money hidden inside of a like a doggy daycare type place. Mm. And they have to use dogs to help them dig in the backyard to find it. Mm. And it's called Bad Santa Buddies. Oh, yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> um, actually, I just thought, like, my Bad Santas, mm. as well, an alternate line, instead of the, the real world meta thing, it could just be that um, there's, like, they find someone else is already hitting the place they want to hit. Yeah. And then... And so- it's, uh, like, a Hanukkah figure. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's Kwanzaa bot. Yeah, and um, and yeah, they so it's like this thing of like kind of wanting to do the right thing and stop this guy, but also so that they can do it. Yeah, I like that. I thought as well you could go into other holidays and do bad Easter Bunny or bad um, Hanukkah zombie, bad Cupid, and do a Valentine's Day mm. one. Um, e- Easter Bunny the- would be good because he mentions yeah yeah uh, when he's talking to Lauren Graham at the bar. He says, "She says, what do you do when you're not being Santa?" He said, "I'm the Easter Bunny." Mm. One thing I was just thinking of then is if Bad Santa Three has his dad in it, who plays his dad? Because I'm looking at Billy Bob Thornton's age. Um, <laughs> what about Jack Nicholson? That's a that's really good. That yeah, is good, Jack Nicholson. All right, he's sixty three. Right. Yeah, because how old's Kathy Bates? Yeah, I'll look that up now. And I'll look up Jack Nicholson. Could you get Jack Nicholson? <laughs> well, uh, fun fact, Jack Nicholson read the first script and real wanted to do it, but he was busy filming something he's got to give. Oh. Uh, Kathy Bates is, is 70, so she's only seven years older than Billy Bob Thornton. But she does say in the film that she had him when she was like 13. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's 81. There you go. Jack Nicholson's good casting. Yeah, yeah. I like ah. that. I was going to say Alan Arkin. Mm, that's mm. a good one. Yeah. I like but that. But I'd love to see Jack Nicholson, A, act again, and B, this yeah. kind of role. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. The, the villainous and kind of unhinged, but also in a comedy. His dad is actually a real sweet guy. That's a, <laughs> that's a good um, oh, uh, that would acting exercise for Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're a guy filled with regret for not being there for your son. And, like, you know. But then he'd have to, like, let loose by the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Or you get, like... um. Uh, Warren Beatty mm. is dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, oh, I'm thinking of Ned Beatty, the um, voice of Lotso. He's just oh, like right, a real, right. real nice southerner. Nice, I <laughs> love yeah. it. This is good ideas. Cool, cool. Sweet. All right, well, yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> uh, will we record like a an outro separate to this? Yeah, I think so. Okay, we'll, well, then, well then, bye. <laughs> 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 hey, Brent, thank you so much, dude. It was so good to to finally make some content with you. Oh yeah, this is a blast, man. I kind of want I want to do the outro voice the song. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well we'll we'll head on over to our little outro that we'll record later. Well, we got to record it now, don't we? Yeah, we probably should. Um and <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. So, thank you Brent and uh keep in touch. Keep commenting on all our shit. <laughs> and we'll all read right. it out at some stage. Cool, cool. Kind of, kind of sounds like a threat, man. No. <laughs> yeah, I, it is.
All right, that was the Colt Hopshire film franchise Fortnite's Christmas special Hurrah. podcast Christmas time. It's such a magical time of year. Yeah, so what did you think? Have you seen any of the films we've discussed today? Yeah. Uh, no. What do you think? <laughs> have you? Yeah, I have seen all of them. Oh, wow. Well, okay. yeah, yeah. Leave a comment. I will. Uh, yeah, let us know uh, what you thought and or if you just want to send any, any general Christmas messages to mm. us. We'd love to hear them. And, you know, if you listen to this and you're a long-time fan and you're like, why didn't they ask me to be on it? Um, well, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we'll do it with yeah, another holiday. Success. Maybe this is what we do for holidays. Maybe we'll get some girls on next time. I would like to stick to more white men who look like different versions of us, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you don't know what these people look like, I guess, but they're all from the same design your character uh, <laughs> like pocket, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all either white bearded, bespeckled, bespectacled, or not. Mm. You know, except neither of us are wearing glasses right now. No, that's true. What a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks to you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to check out more, you can find us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Cult Popshire on all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at culpopshiremedia uh, at gmail.com and of course uh, you can find the podcast wherever good podcasts are found which is where you're probably listening to this Mm. so without further ado I I bid you adieu (laughs) (laughs) sweet that's good